When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello and welcome to Padaruni number 10. And it's been uh, quite a while since my last Padaruni and I apologize for that. I was over in uh, the Middle East doing gigs with Whose Lines It Anyway. Uh, my intention was, in fact, to record some interviews while I was over there on my little Zoom portable recorder. And I just never, I could never get the, the right time. And I was with the guys, Stephen Frost and Andy Smart. And um, we were doing a lot of traveling and, and, and the guys were like uh, in their room. I didn't want to ring them in their rooms. And, blah, and then I'd say, we'll do it after the show. And then they just go for drinks. And it just never happened, unbelievably. So um, my apologies for that. I did another interview interview as well and it was a very good interview and uh, the computer crashed and that was gone so it's been uh, difficult to try to get something out so anyway in the last couple of days I've been I went for a run yesterday for 10 kilometers for the first time in a long time and I'm feeling the achy uh, muscles at the moment which is a nice achy feeling like I've done something I've and I love running I actually do love uh, running I don't love running races when they're competitive but just going for a run beautiful day evening and um just feeling your body moving through space and time it's a it's a nice thing um yeah and the other thing i was doing yesterday i was doing some gardening uh just mowing the lawn and strimming the weeds and weeding we weeding you know just weeds I mean, what is a weed? I was just thinking about the other day. There is no such thing as a weed. There isn't like, it's not a a category of plant. You know, you don't have like garden plants, weeds. They're just plants that are growing where you don't want them to grow. They're just normal plants that, and they come back every year and they come back with a vengeance every year. And I, I remember when I first moved out to the country and I, I was so um, amazed at seeing plants growing that, they, I let things grow up in the driveway. I was going, I can't pull that up. It's after making the effort to grow. It's taken ages to grow. I can't just pull it up. Um, and, you know, I had that soft kind of nature kind of vibe. And um, uh, actually, remember, uh, one of the neighbours came over to talk to me and we were talking away. And on the way out, he pulled a weed out of my drive because it was annoying him more than it was annoying me. He pulled one of this big, long grass that I just left growing in the drive because I just went, oh, I don't want to pull it. And um, now, I, now I'm doing it all the time. We, yeah, they, they just grow everywhere. And in fact, they're, they're, 
they're if you look at them, they're they're uh, you you spray them, you pull them, and they come back every year. And that's kind of it's mu- they're much better than flowers. I mean, we should be telling our kids about how great weeds are. They're like they just you try and kill them off. They never they ne- you can never they always come back. They're they're like just stubborn little fuckers. They're like you, you they're like no matter how much life kicks them in the nuts they're sprayed and they're pulled they just come back they come back every time just nature that's what na- that's what uh, having uh, a driveway is, is just keeping nature off your driveway that's what it is and that's what we're all doing we're just keeping nature at bay all the time nature is just ready to pounce at any any time all the time all the time trying to get back trying to get back if 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 all traffic and all mechanics uh, stuff like farming and all that and cars and all stopped within five years, I reckon all roads and and farms and everything would just be overgrown with with nature, with trees, with grass, with a uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay. The uh, guest today is uh, John Cleary, and uh, and uh, he's uh, in. He's the type of guy that. He's in a lots of stuff, and yet people don't know his name. So he's in like the Savage Eye, and he's in Pictorial Weekly, and he's in lots of other TV programs. But people just don't seem to. It's not like he's a huge big star, and he's very talented, and he's brilliant. And enjoy this. from Sligo I am from Sligo yeah. yeah that's where you grew up that's where I grew up yeah and went to school in Ballisadair County Sligo Ballisadair yes the home of the first Irish folk festival ever is it yeah how, how long ago was that 1977 Jesus Christ there yeah now <laughs> who played it uh, it started off as a very uh, particularly folky folk festival with lots of European punters coming and the likes mm. of the Irish acts that play Tom Paxton and people like that played it, and yeah, uh, wow. Tom Moore, who was living in Ireland at the time, and yeah. uh, then there was the your Planksty and your yeah kind of body band end of it, and De Dannon and that sort of thing. Body band, great, yeah. And no one, 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 Blossomed and it did five years. And the last headliner in Ballisadair was Chuck Berry, believe it or not. Cheney. Chuck Berry played in the field down the road from the house. Uh, how long ago was that that Chuck Berry played? 81. 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Chuck Berry is funny because I know he played in, in Vicar Street and uh, he insists on paid in cash in dollars before he goes on stage. That's it. Doesn't like going into the bank. Doesn't like it. Doesn't even want the, the euros or the pounds. Looking at it, going, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> he's eighty nine. Is he eighty nine yeah. now? Yeah, and he's still going strong. He still plays a bit. Probably still asking for cash. Looking for cash and hanging out with young girls. Uh, <coughs> that's what happened in. Uh, that's exactly what happened in Sligo because my uh, friend of mine, who used to run the 
model. Her granddad was involved. Her dad was the festival organiser. Yeah. Oh, she used to run the model theatre. Eva Flynn. Eva yeah. Flynn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, well, her I dad, Philip, was yeah. the one of the three. Himself and his brother, Kevin, started that festival. Yeah. And uh, they had to uh, go and pick up Chuck in Dublin. Yeah. And with a suitcase or a briefcase of cash. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't get off the plane unless the, he wouldn't leave the airport at least unless there was those briefcases full of cash that he had counted and said, okay. Holy God. And, well, he, had, and he had a Merc, a particular Merc that you could only get. I heard that he only wanted a, I thought he wanted a Cadillac actually. It was a Merc. It was a Merc, was it? Yeah. Closest thing for him. Yeah. Was this English Merc. You could only get it in, apparently at the time in London, somewhere in, some dealer in London had and them. They had and to bring they had that to over. And bring it over from. Unbelievable. And I think the same, like, I mean, a lot of these uh, uh, black acts, I think, were ripped off back in the Early 50s on, yeah. and 60s. And uh, when Art Blakey played here, I went to see Art Blakey uh, and the Jazz Messengers uh, in uh, in Dublin. And it was delayed for, God, nearly an hour before they came on stage. But I heard he was waiting on cash as well. Wouldn't come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he played VAT either. Anyway. No. So uh, so you, you grew up in Slayer. Uh, yeah. What's your f- f- father do? What does he do? My dad is a retired mechanic. He was, yeah. He worked as a mechanic all his life. Yeah. And uh, he's 86 now. Yeah? Yeah. Nearly as old as Chuck Berry. There you go. Yeah. And uh, But he wouldn't cross the road to see him now in 1981. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and your mother, did she work? She was a nurse. Yeah, and she's uh, eighty-two coming up. This the two year. of them are yeah. going strong. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Very well. Any brothers and sisters? One brother older and one sister younger. What What do they do? My brother works. The two of them work now in the IT in Sligo, the college. Yeah. My brother has been there for years. He's a lecturer in uh, the School of Engineering. Yeah. And my sister works in the. Uh, she does lots of different jobs, but she's mostly involved with the art. Uh, there's a theatre studies course there. She's involved in that. The Our, art, the art. Oh, she's involved in the arts. The art. The she, arts. Wrote, she wrote a book there about comedy. Did you know that? No. She wrote a book, and it's a it's a thesis basically that she did for uh, her um, PhD when she was doing theatre and drama in UCD. Oh wow! <coughs> and it got published. And it's a book about comedy. About she, generally about comedy well, in she, general. She her theatre and drama thing. She focused in on the notion of storytelling through comedy yeah and she did a she got Tommy Tiernan uh, she asked Tommy for an interview and then he let her mm-hmm. shoot a show that he did and she dissected it and did a little kind of a thesis on how the how the how his delivery and how his storytelling is kind of related to an old dramatic theory and so on that's interesting what's the book called you don't know it's called, uh, <laughs> god damn it Good one. Well, oh, oh, what's your? It's called, can you remember your sister's name? Her name is Suzanne. <laughs> Suzanne. Yeah. Suzanne. Suzanne Cleary. Suzanne, yeah. And uh, we'd find that in a bookshop. It's in bookshops, and it's mostly it's a it's morely a reference thing uh, mm. academically. I'd love to look at that now. And we had a launch in Alford down in Trinity. It was great. <laughs> and so then uh, so uh, you went to school and did you, did. did you go to college I did and I what did you do I went to college a couple of times and failed it a couple of times where did you go first I went to Sligo IT twice 
I went to Sligo IT in 1985. Doing what? When I was 16. 16? I was still 16 leaving school, yeah. Oh, you were an early leaving. An early leaving. Were you a genius or, or no, a just, or just more out the door to school on my fourth birthday. You're more right. like that, you know. Mm. So I was still 16. I was just coming up 17 when I went to the IT. I did civil engineering because it sounded good. Mm. I didn't know what it was. And then I was bored, stupid by it and never turned up. Right. And uh, failed at Christmas and was asked to leave. By Christmas? I was asked to leave in January, yeah. By Christmas of the first year? First year. Wow. Well done. And uh, I was into the points at lunchtime in those days. Mm. And then a few, I went to London then for a while. Not directly then, but a, sh- a while after that I was in London. And I happened to apply for college for the crack. Just there was a form in the flat in London. My sister had one. So I applied for uh, science in Sligo and got it and came back and did two years but failed it in the end. Science, what's that? General science? General first, and then it was analytical chemistry. Yeah. In second year. But did you have an interest in that? or? Just, I kind of did yeah. in first year, and then it kind of really waned in the second mm. year, and I kind of drifted off it. And so then, what happened? Jesus, then. But like, uh, were you doing any uh, music then? I know you play in, in, a, in the one, two, threes, the the band with... Uh, Jackie Hamilton. Jackie Hamilton and... Uh, Colin Murphy and Dermot Dermot Whelan, Whelan. Yeah. Colin Murphy yeah 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 and uh, so were you doing I was bands I, I started I, I bought a guitar when I lived in London I bought a guitar and still have it uh, 27 mm. years later it's uh, bought it in Kilburn High Road and I taught myself a few chords then then yeah and uh, out of a Beatles book that we had a chord book everyone had one and mm. uh, before the internet and all that books and <laughs> yeah. uh and then I, when I came back, I kind of jammed with a few people and just kind of messed around with it. But by the early 90s, I was my girlfriend in the early 90s, Yvonne, she still is a singer, great, great vocalist. And we had a little three, four piece, three piece band that used to play in pubs mm. in Sligo uh, in the early 90s. And we did that for about six months or maybe a year in a pub twice a week. And then we kind of got slightly bigger gigs and it expanded into the. Uh, a kind of a covers band that played bigger, not bigger venues, but just a bigger setup with, you know, drums, bass, and the whole the whole bit. Yeah. In a few in a few venues in Sligo in the mid nineties before I moved to Dublin. So that was that was big enough to be making a living out of it. No, no, no not no. at all. No, but it was good fun. It was a lot of fun playing live. Then for me, I thought it was great, like playing guitar, playing guitar just playing rhythm in a in a in a band. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me. I'm rocking. Look. <laughs> Look, my mate. Yeah. Do you throw so, shapes? Uh, I wasn't a great shape thrower. I was more of a head down mm. sort of a fella going, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God, oh. So, uh, and then you moved to Dublin. Dublin, 95, yeah. 95. Yeah. And what were you at then? Um, I was working at anything, really. Uh, I worked in a pub. I worked in that pub. Doyle's on a college, uh, on College Street opposite Trinity. I was there for a while. The first, that was the wasn't the first job I had. The first job I had was on a building site in yeah. Dunleary. Yeah, and uh, on, in the bank. And the boys, the boys that were the boys that were, they were in such a hurry to finish that job. I remember one day going down the corridor inside the building, and it was nearly finished. And there was a carpenter hanging a door, hmm. and there was a painter walking around behind him painting it as he was hanging it. <laughs> As it was moving, 
<laughs> it's quite funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, were you you were drinking then? I had a f- I was having a few pints then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't. Yeah. I stopped after about ninety seven. I think I stopped drinking. That's the last time yeah, you drank. Eighteen years ago now. Yeah. Was it like were you a heavy drinker? Um, I guess I was. Yeah. Mm. Um, the the memory of it is kind of is possibly a bit. Uh, bias one way or the other now you know it's hard to mm-hmm. tell the details of it but yeah I, I suppose if I gave it up that time when I did it was for a reason but you just gave it up yourself it wasn't like something well, I like tried AA once. or that well I tried once before I, no I, I got as much help as I could yeah and I tried in the beginning in 96 to stop drinking and I managed for about six months and then I went back at it and it was way worse so that made me realise oh well this thing isn't going to work now Mm. Even in this in the sober moments, I went, "Oh, this has kind of gone out of hand now." So, mm. do my best not to do it again. So, it took about a year after that slip back to actually get it back around again in '97 to stopping. Mm. And I haven't done, haven't drink, drank since then. Yeah. So, like, we're enjoying your drinking for a while, and then what? It becomes and it was, tedious or something. It becomes. It becomes. Well, see, I, I, I didn't have any kind of job going on I was always casually going from one job to the next and I didn't have anything happening there was nothing that I was doing there was no progress of any description mm-hmm. doing anything it was just rent week to rent week or not as the case may be bill to bill or not and just job to job or not I was mm-hmm. either unemployed for six months at a time or four months at a time or get get a job for a short period of time pay a few bills and then just lose the job again Mm. So it was very hard to get anything together whilst uh, having pina coladas <laughs> for breakfast. Are we getting caught in the rain as well? In I was getting <laughs> caught in the rain. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, man, Barry Manilow. <laughs> Not Barry Manilow? No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's, it's some the other guy. Fella. It's, I think it might be the fellow who does... Um, Is he a beard now? Uh, does he do also the song um, You Can Thank Your Lucky That's Stars? That's Dean Friedman. Is it Dean Friedman? Did both of those songs? Did he, yeah? Possibly. All oh, right. I may be wrong there. They're very similar songs, and maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah. It's a story. They're the same sort of time. I was thinking of Copacabana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Manilow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was a good one, too. Yeah. A great number. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so that, like, you're, you're basically, you were drifting, I'd say. A bit, yeah. Yeah. A bit nowhere mm. and a bit all over the place and a bit like angst angst ridden, I suppose, that kind of mm. mid to late twenties crack, you know, that sort of thing. Mid to late twenties, yes. You know the business. I remember them. You remember yeah. them? Yeah, I mean I think when I was I remember my thirtieth birthday, I didn't tell anyone I was thirty <laughs> because I had nothing. I was on the dole, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, nothing at and I had done for me now, I'd done bits, say, with Paul Tyler, and I'd been bits of telly, yeah. but it never enough to to sustain. Say, there's a career there. Yeah, so it's really odd when you get to thirty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you, you sort of think, oh no, thirty, but that's before you have any knowledge of forty. You know, you think, oh God, I'm thirty, and it's all a big freak, and then you go, when you hit forty, you go, what was I talking about at thirty? Yeah, you know, what was I at all oh, anxious about anything? Cause yeah, well, every bloody yeah. I'm fifty one now, oh, yeah. so really? yeah, yeah. Oh. So uh, uh, that's even. I mean, obviously, as you get older, maybe because I think maybe there's a tipping point. Well, say when you hit seventy, you go, ah, sure, doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. No, there's no point in starting a career now. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, <laughs> I'll leave it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, so uh, so when did you get into con- is is it after you gave up the drink? Oh, then? way after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Did, did, so what did you do after you gave up the drink? You I kept- was still working, doing bits. I was still casual building sites uh, a okay. lot of the time. Mm. Um, working for so when you say you're working on a build site, you're not a skill. You're not a not, not carpenter a, no, or a labor. Yeah. Labor. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. sort of lots of. Lifting of stuff and carrying of stuff and and always in Dublin is it around? always in Dublin in yeah. the nineties yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, also got a little bit of work out of uh, stage handing it production work for gigs and so on like uh, festivals and that I worked uh-huh. for the crew of lads that I met in that pub in Doyle's they were all drinkers there yeah part of that the they were crew they were working for a company called ESI who were based who worked for MCD. So I got in with that, that those lads, good good heads they were and mm. are, <coughs> and uh, did a lot of box pushing up and down ramps for festivals and outdoor gigs and indoor stuff as well around town with the, in the Olympia Ambassador and the Point pre oh two days pre three days yeah and the old Point Depot any big acts you played with or the first gig not played with oh yeah we did with. yeah I remember I, the first gig I did with them was. Actually, this week, I think it would have been 1996. And it was definitely the bank holiday of June 1996. Mm. And it was the cure in the Point Depot. And after that, I did. I worked on the festivals. I worked on Slain about three or four years in, in succession. And Oxygen, when it happened. And would I you get this before? Backstage, it, would you be watching oh, the gigs backstage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was good crack. Mm. Uh, good crack and uh, oh, I can't remember the I've I kept all the t-shirts yeah I've got them in a bag they don't fit anymore obviously but I kept all the t-shirts the tour shirts you know like because all, all the uh, bands that have their own crew shirt mm. and some of them would have a play on on the the, the 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 shirt would have a logo or a title that was a play on the album title or the, mm. or the tour title or something you know I remember seeing an ACDC shirt once that I liked which was for the stiff upper lip tour, and the shirt had stiff lower back written on it. Oh right! Uh, and this is this is a special T-shirt for crew, is it? For crew, yeah. So no one else yeah. is going to get the that. Only guys working on the gig that have the T-shirt. Yeah, still be worth a bit. They possibly are. I've got quite a few now and stored up. I must have a look at them again. Definitely, see. yeah. <coughs> I did. And I worked on the U two gigs in one of the first gigs I worked on was U two in uh, Lansdowne Road, and uh, the. Pot Mart one, the one with the big, huge kind of McDonald's looking sign on the stage. Oh, Pot Mart, yeah, 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 yeah. That one, and then I worked on Slain in 01 as well, the two gigs in 01, mm. the Elevation, Elevation Tour. That, I'd say they were good then. Oh, it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really good watching. It was really good watching. Slain is such a beautiful place mm. for a gig. It's a natural amphitheater. Amphitheater, yeah. And when you're standing behind and looking from the backstage area that's slightly elevated there's a great view across that crowd and when it kicks off and I remember when the streets have no name when that started I'm not a big U2 fan mm. just the energy of that and the power of it and everyone's kind of moving in unison in the in the field yeah and it's it's quite something and as the sun is setting it's very poetic yeah it's really nice like it's really it really gives you a big buzz to see that kind of or to feel that kind of energy yeah energy man 
No, but I've seen them only once live, and it was really early on. It was they were the opening act in a festival out in a, a one day thing out in Leakslip, and they were the opening act. Squeeze were on. The police were the headline. The Q-tips were on, and John Otway with uh, Paul Young. Paul Young, uh, the Q-tips. Yeah, that's right. Wow. And you two were the opening act, and they had you um, two in made up behind them in Wavit with Wavin pipes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, well, uh, when was that? Nineteen eighty-one. Eighty. Yeah. Well, like I, I don't know if Boy was out even. Oh right, right, right. Uh, I was still at school for sure. Let's see. I'm. Uh, oh, leaks. Let me. I remember hearing about that. It could be around eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Police, yeah. yeah, because I, I'm around if I was around 17, yeah, yeah. And a weird thing about that gig, I'm pretty sure the police mimed a song because there was a fade out on one of the songs. No way, I th- yeah, bizarre. Hmm, I hear, I hear. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so what, what made you then think of comedy? Was the comedy a big thing? It was always a big thing, like a lot, like it amongst me mates and that, you know, it was all that. You know, mm. coming up with gags and coming up with silly names. There's a lot of puns for me. You know, I did a lot of, as McMorrow says, clearly the world wordplay champion. It's, you know, because I was always punning something, always coming up with a mm. title or a parody kind of idea for a tune, you know? Yeah. And uh, that was in amongst mates and that, sitting around smoking weed, basically. Yeah. Thinking you're deadly. <laughs> and coming up with the funniest things in the world. And I think it started from there and it was always kind of in my mind to try and do something but I was always kind of afraid of it to be honest yeah I was never brave enough to give it a lash properly Jesus I know I know and, that feeling yeah and uh, still the same to be honest what before, well still slightly before doing it still have that oh for fuck's sake oh um, yeah 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 but that's okay that's okay that's because nervous, that's that actually helps you when you does, get on yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah but I was I, I gave it a lash then around I remember Living, I was living in a bed sitting rat mines, rat car mm. actually, that was about the size of this room, the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and was, what age were you then? I was 30 something then. Yeah. I was 33, yeah. four maybe. Yeah. And I was uh, out of work. I'd done me back in doing something and I had it to take a few months where I didn't do any lifting and stuff. Mm. And I was just walking a lot during the days and and just living on the dole you know and uh, mm. it was around that time that I kind of went well I'll fuck I'll try and do something with I always wanted to do it and I, I was m- much more I was less scared of it and much more practical about it thinking oh, I'll give this I'll give this a try I always wanted to do this because I, I can't I couldn't live with myself if I didn't try doing this mm. so I went and I tried did a few open spots with the usual suspects the Tony Ferns of this mm. world who brilliant as he is the Battle of the Axe oh, why am I pointing you're pointing, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, Battle of the Axe, it's yeah, down, it's yeah, down yeah, yeah, so yeah. We did Battle of the Axe, and I did a few more. Yeah. Rooney gave me Rooney, your namesake, M- my um, Declan namesake, Declan Rooney, who's Jimmy. been mentioned on this podcast already, yeah, by Dave McSavage. Yeah, uh, I hope he's listening because he's, he's getting a mention a lot now. Yeah, he's Rooney, yeah, gave me a gig, and uh, I just started from there. That's basically it. Yeah, I it's just, funny how you get to a point. I think when I was 25, I uh, I was in a band for about five years and I, I kind of pinned me hopes on that, however bizarre that was, right? When the band split, 
I was working in a sandwich bar uh, for cash and on the dole. I wasn't getting paid very much yeah, yeah. for that. I shouldn't have been doing that. It was illegal. <laughs> but uh, I was living in a bedsit that had <coughs> one of the panes of glass broken. There was like wind coming in. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a rock bottom moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I just uh, decided to do comedy then and and and, and give up the job and concentrate on it. Yeah. Still took another six years to that and really took off. I mean, yeah. when I did Father Demo and Father Ted, I was working as a, a parking cars in a in a car park. No way. Parking people's cars. In Even when yeah. I went out on air. In Dublin? Yeah. Wow. I was still going out, like I was still, I was it's going over to London doing gigs and stuff, but it was, working, yeah. I wasn't, uh, that wasn't, it wasn't paying. But um, just saying, you know, you do have to have a point where you go, I have to do this. 100%, yeah. And that's so you reached that when you were 33 but or something. I still didn't, I thought I have to do this, but yeah. it was never going to sustain in those first few years. No, of course all, not. I, had an, yeah. I, I was still doing the jobs with the lads on the crew. I was still doing more mm. more of the theatre type work and a few other type, mm. you know, doing, I'd worked in the Gaiety there as a, a during opera season. We did the sets and all that. Mm. And uh, I was still doing bits and pieces of that on weekends and that uh, opera thing was twice a year I think it was in April and November and it was a good a good pair because it was three weeks solid work it was like in there every day for 20 days yeah but you wouldn't have been happy just doing that job no no no, no, no. no. see that's where I'm so I just kept going with that it was about 2007 maybe mm. which would have been about three years after starting doing stand up that I got a break and, a, and an opportunity to make it the full-time thing to well, do. So what was that then? I think it was, it, well, I don't think it was. I know it was when me and Bernard worked for Today FM. Mm. Bernard got a call to do a sketch, right, a sketch, a little slot twice a week on Matt Cooper's programme. Mm. Um, oh, yes, I remember that, yeah. And that was and about your 06, 07. Incredible skill of impersonation then. Mimicry. Mimicry. And uh, really worked. Bernard yeah. and me got, did that thing together, and that was like a paid gig every week, guaranteed. And it was a contract for six months or maybe mm. nine months or something. Mm. And that was a cue to just make it full time. Mm. So I, that, at that point, I basically became a hundred percent into it. Then mm. of making a making a living. But what were you doing when you started? Say, what was your first gig? What did you do? What material did what you did do, I do for your first? I did some something about Mary Harney. I remember that. Yeah, something about Mary Harney, and there was something that was all in those early days. It was all to do with weed. All the jokes were to do with smoking hash and drinking cans, even though I hadn't drank cans in years. Mm. But it was all to do with bedsit life. It was to do with the doll. It was. I had stuff about. Now that you mention it, actually, it just came to mind. I had a, a gag about the. The way that old men would talk, older heads would talk to young heads, they'd always go, my dad talked to me and say, when I was your age, I was out working, I was 12 and I got a job and I was mm. walking and I would look at you lying around and I was, because it was kind of Celtic Tiger years on the up, I spun it around and had it so that someone my age was talking to a young fella and saying, look at you, when I was your age, I was smoking dope. When I was your age, I was in bed till four o'clock in the afternoon, look at you. <laughs> Up at eight o'clock going to work. You're a disgrace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even if we only had one Rizla between us, we'd still make a joint. And those days, that's right. 
and we we none of us would go to work. That's the way we were. That's the way it was. <laughs> That's true as well. Yeah. That's brilliant. <coughs> so it's kind of jokes about weed and. So straight off, you must have been getting the old laughs. You know? I got a few yeah. laughs, and but mm. I, I played. I mean, that's good, strong material to be starting off with. Well, I, I had one or two good little bits and then mm. there was a lot of rambling as well and trying to find the joke and stuff. You know, that thing where, you, especially early on, where you think this is hilarious mm. when you're looking at it on a piece of paper and then when you try and do it, it's not that funny at all. And something you say on the outside of it is funnier. Something you, you say either side of it. You say that early on, that's still That's still happening. <laughs> I think that's how but I. You're less. You're more. You're more tuned to it now. You go. I'm going to try this, but I know it might not work. Yeah. And it was like this is hilarious. Yeah. And then it, it wouldn't fly, and you go, "What happened to that? That was the best. We were laughing at that in the flat. You know, what you the fuck happened to that? But you, yeah, but you're right, yeah. It's the thing that you might say after you didn't get the laugh because that, you're in that. You have to get a laugh. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it is. And yeah, yeah. That becomes the actual material that the you bit, will use again. From then on, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we're you using the guitar then. At the yeah, that mm. was the that was the get out of jail. That was the always closed with the. I had a couple of parodies and I did them, mm. and they they always got a laugh and that that helped me to get booked again because you finish on the song, you know, mm. and just if it's got a few funny lines in it, it'll it'll sink in mm-hmm. with audience, you know, and people watching going, oh, that's funny. Let's, and I got more work out of that than I would have if I didn't do it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I used the, the the guitar too much early on as a kind of a pro- if some material wasn't going well, I just pick up mm. the guitar. <laughs> I used to even people used to say it to me, just leave the guitar down because you're not giving your material a chance. Yeah, you're you're uh, reverting to picking up the guitar because yeah. you know it's a guaranteed applause at least and energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you dr- have you dropped it all together? Uh, I, I yeah. kind of have. I was. Messing mm. with a ukulele lately. Yeah. Last night I was too, and I kind of enjoy just not doing anything, not particularly focusing or just talking over it. I just like the, I like the kind of vibe of the, the little bit of musicality or something, the little bit of energy that's slightly different than just talking. Somebody, a few people do that. Well, Dave does it, Dave yeah. McSavage and, and Dave Doherty. So. Dave Doherty, yeah. It's just there. And it makes it just a little to bit. To be honest, it's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of almost. I'm just saying it's a little Cheating. bit of a cheat, slightly, because it makes because it, a music it fills game. out the silence. Yeah, but but it's fine because it works. It works. It's a bit of a hypnosis. You do. You can hypnotize, not hypnotize, but you can kind of entrance a room mm. with little jingle. Yeah, there you go. Everyone just gets sort of hooked into a jingle, mm. and they'll follow that tempo mm. then. I do like the idea of the rambling intro to a song that quite often real folk singers do, which just yeah. goes on for ages. Yeah, and just, just talking. And then they're just playing away. On, yeah. And it goes on for feckin' ages. It can be funny. It can be yeah. funny, yeah. <laughs> so it does work. It does work. Monday's brilliant, actually. Have you ever seen Monday Live? No, not live. He's very uh, engaging As a between songs. There yeah. is no... Like some people, you're... Singer-songwriters, I just can't do that. But he yeah. totally engages the audience oh, great. between songs. And it's not like Formie Lake. I've seen him loads of times and he's just... He's just having just a banter. just off the top yeah. of his head, yeah. 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 Oh, fair play. Yeah, he's good. good. 
He's good. So yeah, so this is your big break then, or when you took it full time was was uh, today FM or today for Matt Cooper's show. Yeah, oh, thanks to Bernard because he he, yeah. he didn't have to bring me into that. He got a call mm. himself and he just rang me mm. and said, "Do you fancy trying to write these sketches?" And we wrote a few sketches and hit and miss early on, but we got into a rhythm with it and we got you know it was a lot of crack and we did two years in there. Yeah, we did more than did two you? years. We did from about up to two and a half years. Yeah. Every week, two sketches a week. Yeah, uh, it was great. But this really works for you because you're you're a really good mimic, but you're not just a mimic. You're a great writer. Do you know well, what I mean? Very much. So, because quite often mimicry is just oh well, there's the impression, but there's yeah. nothing really being said. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love the way that fella said nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to take it somewhere. Yeah, well, and uh, it's brilliant. Thanks very much. It's very en- enjoyable to radio, in particular, this medium. Yeah, the best. And it. and why, why, is that something you've always done? The mimicry, like yeah, that was school. You know, that was always yeah. there. Yeah, teachers brilliant. and other class members, first of all, teachers especially. When yeah. you're in school, it gets you really, gets you brownie points. It gets you gold points. Yeah, in school, it gets you anti slaps points. Yeah, you know, you're not going to get the slaps. Of anyone, and I was smaller than the rest of them in school, so I used that thing to great effect. Once I realised that you could avoid a punch in the face if you were funny mm. in in class, and I, it happened once in in school where, and I went to school with, you know, good old yokos, you know, mm. and I, there was a class war, and I don't mean <laughs> socialists versus capitalists. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, between our crowd and that the year ahead of us or something, there was a big feud for a few weeks, the usual crack, and we were 14 or whatever. And I remember one of their bunch trying to have a go at me and our lads jumping in and going, I'll leave him alone. He's funny. I remember one fella saying that. Yeah. Leave him alone. Leave Caleri alone. He's funny. And I went, oh, man. That's great. Deadly. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It's <coughs> uh, brilliant, though. I mean, I know you do... Um it's great when you're doing, it's not, I mean, okay, you do politicians or whatever, but you just do people that we know. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. It's good fun. When, uh, you know, when you, I think, yeah, that's just brilliant. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, you, uh, after that then, I sounded a bit like Gayburn, and did, yeah. then, uh, after that, <laughs> that wasn't like Gayburn at all. <laughs> uh, after that, uh, that reminds me, I have to send a, anyway. Send a what? I have to, I completely <laughs> an email. I have to send an email to someone, yeah, completely random in the brands these days. Forget, <laughs> read an email from someone. And yeah. Go, I'll send something back. We'll to listen them. back to the podcast to remind yourself. I'll send something back to them. What the email was. Later. And then that's three days later. Oh, I was supposed to send that email. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, um, that would have, I would have got, <clears throat> I would have just kept with gigging, you know, and that in that time, mm. I was quite lucky when I started doing stand-up because in that time, from uh, um, 04 through to about 08, that's when Ireland went a bit dotty, had a bit mad, and there was money around. Mm. And people started going to comedy a lot. <laughs> I know, I remember. And it was unbelievable because, mm. I mean, from the start point in 04, 03, just a few gigs here and there, to about us six where every town in Ireland had a comedy gig mm. and 
I got a car as well in the meantime. So suddenly I'm around the country hosting gigs everywhere. Mm. You know, just getting work every night of the week. And it was amazing. That was, yeah, yeah. I remember it well. There was a gig, it was the gig in Sligo that you did a few times. Mm. And then there was one in Carrick and Shannon that you did that one as well. Definitely, yes, yeah. did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one in Roscommon Arts Centre as well for a time, for about a year, yeah. maybe, maybe two. And those gigs ran consecutively on a one week one week of a month every year, Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And like there was 150 people on Wednesdays paying 15 euro to go out and see comedy in Roscommon. Yeah. Which has ne- never, never happened before. And they were just there full houses. Mm. on a midweek night in a theatre that's yeah yeah. Jesus think about that now that would never happen now not now no yeah so that it went so there was so much of that and there was so much work and then the mm. fest I got a few I got the Kilkenny Festival a few times then as well and the Ivy Gardens when it started in 07 mm. so it just kind of kept going and then there was the uh, James Goldsbury it was who actually managed to get a clip of what we were doing with Dave to Green Inc. and they commissioned it for Channel 4. They commissioned what? A thing called Head Records. Oh which, yeah, this yeah. is with Dave McSavage. Dave, Dave, McSav- Dave and James. And James was... It was James Goldberry. James that, was instrumental that, in that, that yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh God, I never knew that. Because Dave and James and myself... And Rooney Declan. Declan, yeah. Rooney Declan and Eleanor had been sitting mm. around for a while trying to do some stuff and so on and shooting it and then shooting little sketches and so on. And Dave had shot a few sketches and mm. then put them together. And uh, I think Green Inc. were in town meeting somebody else and mm. Goldsbury happened to meet them mm. and either told them about what we had going on or mm. gave them a DVD of it. Oh, wow, fair play. And so then, was that a group then, <coughs> and Head Records, was that, that wasn't just Dave? idea at the beginning that was a group it was thing. Dave's idea at the beginning it was yeah. Dave's idea to to uh, to just do something absolutely as to film something as we were doing it yeah so we were just sitting around trying to write sketches yeah in a room yeah and Dave would just have a camera and just shoot all that yeah and just to ask you questions about what you're doing and just get a conversation going about a sketch mm. and then that became the show well I think that's Brilliant, that's yeah, genius. It is, yeah. Because uh, then uh, the sketches that may not have worked, they did work because you yeah. saw the beginning of them. And you saw the explanation of them. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then you saw yeah. alternative endings for mm. stuff. Some sketches had an alternate yeah. ending one and two, ending A and B. Yeah. So that you could see, well, how would it work with that ending as opposed to that ending? It was all discussed in this little room. Yeah. So And like he kind of, Dave went on to do Savage Eye and then, that worked as well because he used the the uh, vox pops similar idea to make uh, a ske- give a sketch life. That's right. Yeah, the vox pops replaced that writers' room idea. Yeah, yeah, and that they gave the opinion and they gave the 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 fuel for the next thing you're going to see. Yeah, because other you know because sketch shows are pretty boring if it's just one sketch after another another. Yeah, there was a context. There was a kind of a and plus people. I mean, when you go out there with a camera and they've met so many people yeah. and they've said so many funny things without just off just yeah. natural stuff some of the stuff that people said just on on the street yeah. just ordinary heads went 
Ah, fucking hell. And it's whatever it is. And uh, there's something about Dublin. I mean, people are re- seem to be really willing to talk to him. Yeah. And, ma- and a lot of them are insane. And did you see the or, fella? Well, not insane, but very yeah. opinionated and very strange opinions. Madness, yeah. yeah. Guy, I yeah. love the guy. He was in, 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 in the episode in Series 3, I think, about the media. And he, was, mm. he didn't look mad, but he was kind of mad. And he was up the top of Graf- Grafton Street there and he was going... He's talking about media and he says, think about RTE, he says, think about RTE, is that if you go out, if you head out, out to RTE, you're guaranteed a shag. <laughs> That's what he said. It's, and he meant it. Yeah. And not only that, you're guaranteed to shag somebody else's wife. Guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. And, that, and he was like full on. Yeah. Pointing the finger and going, I'm telling you, Martin, we won't so I'm telling you. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> and he meant it. That's brilliant. Yeah. Must head out. So uh, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and did you ever do Vox Pops outside of Dublin? You did your Vox Pop or did you know? If, was it Dave, Dave did the Vox Pops, right? He did. We he did, went out with his camera. He did, did the mostly. I did a few here and there. I did some yeah. down the country with Series 3 especially. I did a few more. I did a few. I got involved. You went outside of Dublin. We went outside Dublin. We Do you find it harder to get people to talk to you outside of Dublin? No, no. no. Sligo, actually, where I'm from, was yeah. quite good. People, yeah. And uh, Dundalk was quite good. Mm. And uh, then other this little pockets. Limerick, you got a lot of stuff out of Limerick for one episode, one mm. series. Lot oh. of, yeah, a lot of mad lads. I, I love that opening sequence in the crime episode in the series two, where there's a f- two, two lads from Limerick standing there, baseball hats on and and he was pointing, one lad's pointing at all the scars on his body. And he's going, see that there? 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 That's Limerick. Just <laughs> 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 explained Limerick. And, that's brilliant. Yeah, and it looks great and it sounds great. Yeah. He just did that. He's just been himself, you know. And that's just him being, if the yeah. rubber band had stood it, you thought it would be great writing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, that was, was good. So there was a lot of a lot of Vox Pops. So, so when he, so the Head Records uh, it was, went to Channel Four and it Channel didn't. 4. It was just a pilot, and then they did they didn't go with it. Well, they had six pilots, and RTE did something similar the next week. They had six separate pilots of different Channel shows, of different shows, and they commissioned whichever one they thought was better. Yeah, and that was a thing called the School of Comedy, which was all kids, aged twelve to fifteen, doing or sketches, doing sketches as adults. Hmm. It's quite funny. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then. The RTE kind of picked up on that as they do, and they uh, picked up on the head on records. The head records thing, and you know, there's five Irish comics on it. Yeah, and so I think they got a hold of Dave and kind of uh, asked him to elaborate a bit more on the other pilot that they had rejected about two years previously. He had done another. He'd pilot? done a pilot for RTE. Oh, and they had rejected it, and then the Channel Four thing happened, and then they came back to that other pilot and. Uh-huh explored a part of it to do with drinking because he had this little bit about his own life about alcohol headings about his life alcohol was one of them so uh, we explored the thing and called it why 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 do the Irish drink so much was the question and that was the pilot for the Savage Eye and they did the same thing with a thing called Project Ha Ha or as Comedy Lab in Channel 4 they had four separate pilots Mm. on a Monday night uh, consecutive Monday nights one was the Savage Eye one was I think Dead Cat Bounce had one 
mm-hmm. and Diet of Worms and somebody else. I can't remember exactly. Diet of Worms. Did they go on to make the soap? No, the sitcom. I think so. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah. Raymond Lennon was involved in. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there was four separate ones, and the Savage Eye was one of them. And then I got commissioned off that mm. for six. So that was the first series, right? And that's from there and on. Then there was four, three, three more after. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you were brought in then, or you were involved from the beginning? You're involved from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, you, you, you do a lot of writing on it, and we did a lot of writing. Me and Dermot yeah. and Pat and Dave. Yeah, and. We between the four of us. Although uh, you were involved in it, weren't you? No, early, early I, I was. No, I was writing with Dave. I've had this. I had it out with him on oh, on good. the podcast. Good, good. I was writing with him uh, uh, on something else. We had this idea for a game show where uh, we'd go to a little town in Ireland and 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 do it up like a jury's thing or whatever. Anyway, with a game or whatever, dwarves involved and all sorts of stupid things. Anyway. Um, and then that started, and he never contacted me about writing on it, and I was really uh, hurt and uh, angry. Yeah. So I had it out with him here. Properly. He, uh, yeah. Uh, he he kind of, uh, he said the writers were already in place, and I said, no, that's bullshit. And then he told me, I did the festival in Moscow, and he said, I put your name down for that because I was so guilty about you not writing on Savage Eye. To do this festival in yeah, Moscow yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's how he, he recompensed me. Anyway. Um, Sent you to Russia. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 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 I don't know what, yeah. So, you, you, three series, isn't it? Three series. It four four series, yeah, four series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really good. And did you come up with it? No, the, you played uh, Mary Robinson's husband with his head in a birdcage. Mm. Was that your idea? That and, was. And what, is, what does that mean? It means nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing at all, which is the, my favourite meaning for anything. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the reason for that is because we earlier on we were trying to write sketches about uh, the afternoon show with Blondie Coffey. Yeah. Blondie Coffey and her accomplices, one of which was called Shona, I think, a mm. smaller woman. And when we were watching that, we used to think, I bet you that Blondie bullies that one. Mm. That's what we thought. And it turned out there was a case about it at one point later. Yeah, there yeah. was, yeah. I remember watching that, she bullies her. And so we thought, let's do a sketch about that. And Dave had mad ideas about Blonnet and how to portray her and stuff. Mm. And involved having sticks coming out of her body with babies on the end of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mad stuff. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to put a mermaid's tail on her. Do you know what I mean? And have a, a huge, one of those, septi- not septic tank, but a water tank behind that you could cut up. Like this is, mm. I were thinking, with the tail just trashing in it <laughs> while, while she's talking on air <laughs> and uh, and then for the for the her co-presenter we thought she was been a, a bit dominated so we thought we'd mm. have her in a birdcage oh right yeah. put a birdcage on her head and then Blonnet would go let's hear what Shona has to say and open the birdcage and she'd just tweet yeah that's yeah. enough of that now and close it and that sketch uh, never came to life yeah so we had this birdcage idea going around the place. Yeah. And then Mary Robinson became a thing and her husband was, the way she talked about him, he was subservient or he was mm. a thing rather than a person. So he became the wearer of the birdcage. It's for, brilliant. For that reason. Mm. You know, so it was quite funny in the pilot doing it because I come in in the afternoon to do the bit sitting in the birdcage and they'd been there all day so they were tired. They weren't laughing anymore. Mm. But when I was doing that thing with Dave the first day, I nearly 
had, I was going to say nearly had a canary, which would have been apt because mm. I was in a cage. Mm. I nearly died laughing, man. It was just too funny because he was coming up with random lines for Mary Robinson. My vagina is a, stuff like this, my vagina is a moist g- ground for cultivating all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mad. And he was playing the harp and it was out of tune. He was moving, his head was going over from side to side. It was just ridiculous. And in the silence of his set, you know that? Mm. Just too much. Mm. Just, I had to stop every take because I was just crying laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I had to open the cage and put a hanky in and dry the tears <laughs> off my face. Makeup had to come round. Yeah, come round and take the tears off my face through the cage. <laughs> <laughs> that's class. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's funny though, like, that's good because a lot of times shooting comedy isn't half as funny as people no. might think it is. <laughs> I, I always think that shooting comedy is mm. the equivalent, the physical equivalent of explaining a joke. Mm-hmm. because when someone says, I didn't laugh at that, what's that joke about? Well, it's the guy who walks into the shop and he does, and when you start explaining the joke, it's done, it's finished, the laugh is gone. Mm. So when you're doing shooting comedy, I think you're basically explaining it. You're going, well, you come in here and oh, let's, try, let's try that again. You come in here and you say the line then mm. and you just, you don't, it doesn't, you can't see it all together anymore. It's just no, you're breaking bits, it down. Bits, yeah. yeah. And then when it's together and you see it later, you go, oh, that's, I can see that's funny now. Mm. But doing it tends to take the laugh out of it. Yeah, I've heard, I was talking to uh, Stephen Frost, who worked on Mr. Bean. He had a part in some of the Mr. Bean episodes, and he said it's just tedious yeah, doing yeah. Mr. Bean because he's, what's his name, plays Mr. Bean? Uh, Ron Atkinson. Atkinson. He breaks it all down to each movement. And uh, it's hilarious when you watch it. Yeah. But Shooting on set, it. he's going, if I sit like this or I move my arm like this, apparently it's just absolutely tedious. But there you go. That's what it's like. I mean, so, I mean, I've heard working on Savage Eye was very hard work. It could be, certain days. But I had no reference point for what working on a comedy sketch show was like. Mm. So it could be possibly right. It could be what, what they all are like. Uh, but maybe not. Well, I don't know. I've uh, it was stressful. worked on a few sitcoms. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not It's not like it's great. I mean, I think it might have been different in Fatherhood because we, we, when you're shooting it, it's in front of a live audience. audience. So you have that. You have the immediate laugh anyway. Yeah. But, Jesus, on a set. Nothing, yeah. Mm. And it's a very... It's a very different world. And also I find that uh, if everyone's enjoying it, it seems to make for not great comedy. Mm. There has to be an element of un- uncertainty or not danger, but just a little bit of edge on it. Because when you watch it back, if it's if everyone laughs at it on set, then when you watch it back, you go, that's not great. It's a little bit flat. Mm. whereas if it's, there's a little bit of anger going on I, some of the best stuff on Savage Eye that people have commented on I remember the days of shooting those were some of the worst days for shooting just the, some of the worst atmospheres and some of the best stuff that, that comes out and people go oh, that sketch you did about whatever that's great and I'm thinking oh yeah that day was hard mm. and maybe that's why it's good yeah you never yeah. know what the energy is or how it works but that thing we did with Richie Kavanagh. Do you remember that thing? Uh, I, no. Last series. I must have missed it. There was a thing where Dave had met Richie Kavanagh at the Plough and Championships. 
and was impressed by him in some way and wanted to do a Richie Kavanagh uh, parody. And he had he was dressed up insanely like it was he was like a he was like Richie Kavanagh on acid. It was like he had big ginger locks coming out of his head and he was looked about seven foot tall and he was on a farm trying to sing a Richie Kavanagh style song with gloves on the whole lot. And I'm behind it was nine o'clock in the morning in November and I'm behind playing a guitar and we couldn't make out and out of it. But when it went out and the comedians in particular, all the comics that I you know, I meet around. They all loved that. That that was hilarious. That thing and the way you're behind you, John. You're behind there, and you're all deadpan and stuff. I was going. I was really depressed. That's not. I'm not acting there. That's just. We didn't know what we were doing there. But it comes across like a great piece of mm. like mad surrealist comedy. And it was just that we didn't know what we were at. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And the clue. Well, you can't make the you can't make people laugh. On I mean, you might, maybe I don't know the first time you do do it, maybe some of the crew will giggle a bit. Yeah. But then you're going to do the same thing yeah, over yeah, and over yeah, again. So they're not, they're not going out, yeah. to laugh. No, they're not. Yeah, you're right. And if you're trying to make them laugh, it's not going Forget to work. It, yeah. Oh no, telly, you might change the line a bit. Yeah. And they laugh, but they're only laughing because they know the first line. The first line. So that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a gig in Carlo about mm. three weeks ago. And there was nine people at it in the George Bernard Show theatre place. Mm -hmm. They have a little wine bar there. And the front row, the five people, there was four people sitting behind and there was five people at the front. And the five people at the front was Richie Kavner and his family. Really? Just sitting there. And they didn't tell me that they were related. I asked them all, you know, the usual, trying to get energy in. I asked them all questions about themselves and none of them ever mentioned that they were a family. Mm. and it was just the weirdest thing because they weren't laughing because they were like on a family day out or night out you know that dynamic of you've been with your family mm. it's not the same as being with your friends mm. so they were just sitting there all kind of looking kind of out the corner of each, their, their eyes at each other and you as Richie Kavanagh what, what? you knew Richie Kavanagh I knew Richie Kavanagh but, but you everyone beside him was his family and, and none of them were laughing not, nobody not even Richie not even Richie he was just looking a bit uncomfortable for most of it what was he doing there I don't know and then afterwards jeez that was great you know that crack as well where no one laughs and then afterwards jeez that was great yeah. and you're going what do you mean it was great you looked like you wanted to leave or wanted to go sleep or die or something nah jeez it was mighty brilliant <laughs> usually it's the heckler as I was heckled all night comes up after you and goes that was me yeah I, I got that for you yeah I sorted that gig out yeah. Oh God. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of those small gigs are great as well. The small, like you know, I was playing to ten people. I've had some of my yeah, best gigs yeah, yeah. playing to ten people. Yeah. It's just it's, it becomes an event. That's right. That's right. We're 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 enjoying this together. Together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now you're working on. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, what are you doing? You're working on. You've worked on. Um, Pictorial Weekly. I did, yeah. Uh, mm. We did three series of that. Yeah. And uh, that was good. And a different thing completely then to what Savage Eye was about. Just more satirical, more politically mm. based. And and uh, some great stuff there as well. Some some good fun. And yeah. it's a different shooting process 
couple of days a week over about 10 weeks rather than six weeks, five days a week, you know, mm. full on. It wasn't like that. It was more more spread out and more. They shot for a couple of weeks and then they cut stuff for a couple of days. Mm. Sorry, they shot for a couple of days a week and then they cut stuff and write stuff. Mm. So it was quite a nice... And, and is that is that uh, are you keeping an eye on the news and having to write yeah, as yeah, things yeah. happen? Yeah, as as much as possible, as mm. much as possible. Yeah, and there was also recurring characters and stuff mm. that we did on that as well, which were good. And uh, yeah, that's that we that went out from um, March, I suppose, March through the early early May or late April. That was like Sunday that. night, Sunday, RT1. Sunday night, RT1. So that's it. Nine thirty. You know, it's your Ireland Slot. audience. You're not, yeah, yeah. you're not, Savage Eye, I suppose, is a bit more specialised. Yeah, Monday night, 10.30, RT2. It was RT2? I thought it was RT1. No, Savage Eye was RT2. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yes, Victoria's yes, yeah. And Victoria's RT1. RT1 so yeah. good reaction, good crowds. Yeah, yeah. Good crowds, yeah. good, uh, good, good audience. Viewership or whatever. Viewerships. Yeah. And great, that's co- a great crowd. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great crowd. We're going over to watch the television. There's a great crowd expected. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I did, uh, what was that show I did with you? The music one. Um, hey Ho, Let's hey Go. Hey Ho, Let's Go. Yeah. You're on everything. You're, on, know, you're pretty yeah. much on everything on RTE now. It's cat, isn't it? <laughs> can you get me on? I can. <laughs> a bit more. I can I can get you on, no problem. Joe yeah. Rooney, here's the news. The main evening news. <laughs> Joe Rooney. Good evening. Good evening. Um uh, what are you up to now then? Are you just doing the gigs? Gigs, yeah. Gigging. Do you gig all over Ireland? I gig all over Ireland and recently I got I did a gig in there's a long story now, but I did a gig in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Paddy's Day of 14 so it's a year and a bit ago mm. and for an Irish guy called David Hayden who lives in Antwerp I think and he's a comic and he had seen me or met me and he mentioned Belgium to me would you come over and do a gig in Brussels and I went yeah I'd mm. love to so then he he got me a gig in a, in a lovely little room uh, it was called the Kings of Comedy or something the room lovely little cafe tile you know really nice atmosphere room so we did a gig there a lot of fun there's a promoter guy who promotes English-speaking comedy in Brussels at the gig. So I'm having a chat with him after, and then he says, I'll book you for... We do a lot of gigs around Europe. Mm. So he booked me for Belgium again this Paddy's Day. So I did... Just gone. Yeah. So I did mm. Brussels, and then a town called Mechelen, which is just outside of Brussels, the night after. Mm. And then I he has other gigs around Europe, so he had me in Malmo and Copenhagen on consecutive nights in early May. Wow. And just... There, from the 26th to the 30th of May, south of France. Wow. He has four gigs that he runs in Nice, Monaco, Antibes and Cannes. Wow. And it's good fun because it's largely expat. It's expat. And the two of those gigs were like gigs in London mm. it's because they were very pretty much all English mm. as an audience. And it's good fun. Wow. So Sounds great. That was lo- great, great, really great. And I mean, Nice, possibly the most appropriately named town in Europe. Because mm. it is extremely nice down there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Unlike the biscuit, which I don't think hey, That came up a few times. <laughs> that biscuit <laughs> yeah. covered in sugar. Yeah. In, in diamond sugar. Yeah, like, doesn't deserve the name as much as the town. As the town does, yeah. No, yeah. 
Uh, so that's brilliant. Yeah. My it's instinct really... immediately is to say, how do, how do yeah. I get them this? <laughs> uh, okay. I have mentioned your name too. <laughs> he knows who you are. Uh, oh, by the way, when I was in Moscow, they showed two episodes of, of Savage Eye to the live audience really? in the theatre. Yeah. And uh, and they they loved it except the sex bits. They yeah, don't they like don't those that, things no. in Moscow at all. Even the stand up. Jesus, when um, Aidan Bishop was over there uh, doing his, st- he's talking about girls. Oh, I don't know. You know, he's talking about <laughs> my cock. <laughs> they didn't go for that. Um, and then I went on and did. I thought, well, it's maybe it's just. But I did my set and it was going really well. But I finished on a bit, which is a bit about it. was not that, and that was okay. It went well, ish, but not as well as it would do here. But I was talking to these three girls after the show, and they're like, um, "Yeah, when you did your sex bit, it it was it, it was funny. But when Aiden did it, it was not funny because we could imagine he's a good-looking guy, and we could imagine him doing it. Uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, "All yeah, right, yeah. thanks a lot, it, girls." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't imagine me having couldn't sex. Me, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right, so. Yeah. Listen, I'll head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but they loved it. So, uh, yeah. the Savage Eyes. So that could be a new market for you there now. Yeah, That's yeah. a new market for you. Vladimir <laughs> <laughs> um, Putin tweeted about it. <laughs> Savage Eye was great. Especially the bull Mick. I love him. <laughs> Uh, they don't like the homosexuals over there yeah. anyway. I said, Robbie, yeah, love. I'm saying they love bull make. They love the bull make. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Quiz. It's good. That's a Middle Eastern. Mid- Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern bull make. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Well, I was doing, a middle, I was doing Vladimir Putin appreciating the bull make. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It turned yeah. out to be a Middle Eastern Vladimir Putin mm. as well. Yes. Vladimir. Vlad. Hey, Vladimir. Come here. Come here. Uh, uh, that, uh, so what are you doing these days? The, uh, are you doing the jigs all over? Uh, yeah, I was over in uh, the Middle East with the Who's Lines and Anyway for two ah, weeks, yeah. Uh, the guitar, guitar. I, I shouldn't have gone there, really, people. It's a disgrace what's <coughs> happening over there. But uh, that's all going to come out in the wash now, anyway. It will. I was... Mu- yeah. Nothing to do with me. Uh, no, it's so, not, no. <laughs> You're from Dulik. Yeah, Nothing yeah, to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> Say nothing. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to uh, do some Irish festivals in August in America. Oh, uh, great. To Wisconsin. Oh, you mentioned... What, Milwaukee. Uh, no, somebody mentioned... Milwaukee. I heard that one talked about. Is Colin Morrigan doing it? Uh, no, oh, I, think Kansas, I think that's Kansas City Kansas, you're thinking yeah, yeah. of. You should do that. I'll put a word in there. Uh, that'd be great. I think he has booked next. I think year. Murphy is doing it actually. Colin. Colin Murphy year, is doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's, it's good. I've heard it is. Yeah, it is really good. I'm worried about Milwaukee because apparently they're very conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we'll see. But then I was told that about Kansas City, and I think once you have them on your side, once you have fun with it, they they loosen up a bit. Yeah. 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 And, you're and even if you're doing something that you know they don't like, if you're having a laugh doing it. Yes. Kind of, they kind of go with it anyway. They I go, think well, you can bring the audience having, with guy's you. guy's having a good time. Yeah, I think you can start off talking about uh, diddly idly stuff and then by the end of it you're going on about <laughs> vaginas and everything. And they've, they've come with you. 
To the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> found the fiddlers together. <laughs> so, uh, oh, listen, thanks for coming in. No, anyway, um, My pleasure. It was great. Great yeah, fun. Yeah, good. And, good uh, to see you. Uh, it's good to the remember. The only way I get to see people these days is to interview them. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a good idea. It's uh, it's good to good to have that. That was a good, good conversation because I just remembered mm. all of the stuff I did there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't yeah. thought about it for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. That as well. Oh, and that. Oh, yeah. No, fair play. You're you're, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you are, you know, your you're overall TV uh, writing and performance is just fantastic. Oh, thanks very much. So, and hopefully there's... Fair play. Hopefully, we, hopefully I, I've loved to get some... I have never had the confidence to... Uh, actually try and get something commissioned myself you know I've always been working with people and stuff and this I, is it suits thing. me you know? I was going to say it because you're kind of on loads of stuff and yet you haven't got that yeah. big name well, I work like. with people and a lot yeah. and for and, you know, I enjoy that and it's easy it's easier for me it's a really it's a good way to kind of not mm. step out is to have plenty of jobs to do for different gigs and different shows mm. but I wouldn't mind trying to you know just grab something and make something that I think it's funny and stuff, mm. and see where that goes. And you see could how do that. Feels that. Like. You could. You're do just it. always afraid of it. You're just always a fear of flop. Of you always think out, it's yeah. going to flop. But audiences don't. Audiences and people don't really remember stuff that fl- it they go, comes and it goes. You, you, it's unbelievable amount you know? flops have been uh, on the telly uh, by very well-known people, and people yeah. forgive it. It and comes and goes. Move yeah. on. They want know? the next laugh. That's yeah. All. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I think you just go for it. I will. Okay, well, I'm going to... F- Press the computer button. And turn it off. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, amazing John Caleri there. Well, uh, next uh, Saturday, the 13th, I'm in the Bear in the Woods Festival in near Port Arlington, B-A-R-E, in the Woods Festival. It's a music festival, but they have a comedy tent there from half two or from two to half four. I have uh, curated it myself, so I'm on as an MC. And uh, we have Paul Tylock, Sharon Mannion, Fred Cook, Andrea Farrell... Uh, Patrick McDonnell, the Dublin Comedy Improv, and Foil Arms and Hog. So a great line up there. Uh, you should check it out. And then the week after, with the Dublin Comedy Improv, I'm performing at the Body and Soul Festival. So it's two festivals in a row. And uh, I'll be staying over at both of them. I'm going to mm, chill out. So, uh, yeah, well, listen, thanks for listening. And uh, next week we have uh, Luan. Carl interviewed. Uh, thanks for listening and thank you to Daniel Rooney for the music, to Andrew Mangan for producing and to Castaway Media for hosting this podcast. It's good to be back. See ya. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. 
but not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th.